And we are we are live. So today I've got Thomas Dale, who is a Qigong practitioner, and you are a tonic herbalist. But Thomas, you do obviously more than that. So why don't you give the people a little introduction into into Thomas? <laughs> sure thing. Uh, well, I often um, I often go by quantum nutritionist as well because that kind of encompasses more of the the grander scope of what I do. I've been teaching Qigong and breathwork for 14 years, um, working with uh, Supreme Science uh, Qigong Foundation, and um, I'm also certified advanced uh, food healing science professor. So that's one of my passions, though I've been studying herbs and nutrition uh, since I was a kid. Uh, essentially started foraging in elementary, and uh, my parents caught on and bought me field guides. And then I'd go running around the backwoods of Florida, all the way up and down the East Coast with uh, visiting family, uh, looking up herbs and things to, to eat in the, in the woods there. Yep. Got the prescription guide to nutritional healing in middle school. So dove into that. And then freshman year of high school, someone sticks a book on herb magic in my hand and opened up a whole new realm of metaphysics. So even though I was uh, then going to uh, Catholic school, I was uh, really fascinated in studying, even took a world religions class in my, uh, my Catholic school. So getting into Buddhism, Taoism, and uh, these ancient traditions. And, uh, you know, meandering through my 20s and those experiences, uh, getting myself through uh, a depression um, and uh, coming out of that on the other side, really getting into more like positive mental attitude, um, mindful um, practices and, and then got into yoga and um, around 27 that's when I first did my um, my first Qigong event and it really blew my world open and even though I'd taken lots of different martial arts and done yoga and these things before it was very um, like superficial level it was like just the physical and when I did Qigong for the first time it was like oh this is the missing element. This is the thing that I've been looking for that yeah. like that goes that uh, kind of connects all things that you can feel within it all. That that esoteric concept of chi or ki as they called it in my aikido classes um, then became tangible, palpable, yeah. something I can I can like actually interact with as as I know um, as I know you feel as well. So then uh, in college I I actually studied um, I was a liberal arts major, uh, the way I see it, as a liberal artist, <laughs> yeah. um, because I, all of the arts were within my realms, from healing arts to martial arts to um, performing arts, and I was a vocal uh, performance major. Oh, cool. And so music's been a, a great part of my passion. I even sang in a, uh, uh, a Latino boy band in Chile for a couple of years in my 20s <laughs> uh, down in South America. So. It was another another lifetime. It was a beautiful <laughs> and uh, wild experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in fact, in that process, after you know, kind of hitting um, the bottom of loneliness and and re really getting to the extent of like, how far can you go with video games and and drinking? It doesn't serve any longer. And then I hit um, the bottom and essentially got into meditation, and that really recatalyzed my spiritual path. And um, ended up coming back to the states, connecting with my my sangha, my spiritual community, doing um, deep ceremonial work, and then got into yoga, and then found qigong. 
and the rest uh, started uh, the whole recatalyzed the whole new path that was already beneath my feet because yeah. the path is always there. The path is always right there. That it is, my friend. That it is. Well, interesting. Kind of cool hearing your just that little back intro you gave. You know, I was a Catholic school kid as well. Uh, I went to Catholic school from like fourth grade all the way through high school. And um, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, just on that question, was how how well did you receive? Because a lot of people, they go through Catholic school and they feel like they're being brainwashed. It wasn't like that for me at all because my mom was very open-minded and was like, you can do whatever you want with this. This is just where I started. So I always kind of had an open template. But was it like that for you uh, or did you have did you have that rebellion thing? I did have that rebellion thing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was actually, uh, I'd gone to uh, public school all my life, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until uh, sophomore year of high school. I mean, I definitely got in kind of with the wrong crowds, and yeah. um, I had all kinds of issues in uh, like middle school and then high school, freshman year of high school. I mean, even in high school, I was like typical like um, teenage kid, you know, eating yeah. burgers and pizzas. I was drinking six Pepsis a day. Had horrible cystic acne across the brow, big old welts, yeah. and uh, and it was when I I moved it to live with my father um, the following year, my sophomore, junior, senior year, and, and uh, that I actually changed my diet, my skin cleared up, and yep. that was one of the first big like wake up calls for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that was a huge one, and at that same time I was. You know, living the teenaged angst and uh, rebelling against the <laughs> yeah. the um, principles and the, the indoctrination sure. of the Catholic Church, For sitting sure. there reading books on the the metaphysics and the Necronomicon in the back of my biology class, you know, <laughs> yeah. and studying world religions and getting into it. But in fact, I mean, I even got a, a yin and yang on my high school ring that I still wear as a talisman to this day, and um, it uh, it it really just looked at the all-encompassing nature of spirit yeah, is what I ended up pulling it, up with. It's, it. it's broader. That was, you know, I, there were things, I'm not a practicing Catholic, I technically confirmed, but there were elements that I always thought, you know, I, I, I like and I took, but yes, like Eastern philosophy and Eastern religions definitely were more broad. And I think it resonates for a lot of people for that same reason. It's just, there's a, I, as you said it, more encompassing and more things to plug into, at least for me. I mean, it was more accessible in that way. Um, just out of curiosity, you know, you said you found the kind of herbalism scene as a kid pretty young. Does your family have, um, you know, anywhere in your lineage where people in the health or herbalism spectrum, or was it just sort of your thing that kind of came in? No, I'm the green sheep of the family. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, basically as far as I can see in, in any of the, uh, you know, my, my history of like my family history, I don't, I don't see anybody that, that really had uh, a knack for it or, um, the passion for it. Like I do. That's cool. Yeah, man. Mom granted mom when, when I was in her belly, you know, she apparently she was, uh, going to farmer's markets and like making her all this, her own yeah. food from scratch and doing all these things. And, and I have a, um, uh, a belief that, you know, while in the womb, we receive these these encode these codes and these this programming too. So that was kind of already being encoded into my for DNA sure. for sure. Um, as well from then. Very cool, man. Well, you know, I've met you. I don't even know how many years ago when we actually first crossed paths. I think it was in San Diego yeah. through Kai. You know, yeah. and when we first started talking, and you know, you had the the real passion for the use of the tonic herbs, and you were. 
using them. I mean, and I was able to pick your brain and you were able to school me on a bunch of stuff that I really liked. But I feel like, you know, nowadays, um, I just feel like tonic herbs and adaptogens are really starting to pick up and they're starting to become more well-known in the culture. There's more mainstream access and knowledge to them. But can you kind of give a breakdown, I guess, you know, how you approach the use of adaptogens, um, you know, why you use them, your, your kind of understanding on tonics, because I think for people that have listened to the podcast, I've interviewed people who have talked about these things, but I feel like we all sort of bring our own lens and experience mm. to, um, to, these, to these herbs and these tonics and things. So I'd love to hear your take on how you sort of, you know, orient people and yourself. Sure. Um, let's see. I'll take you back to when I first really got into the concept of tonic herbs. When uh, shortly after studying qigong and getting into the food healing science, it was like when I, I got in with um, with Jeff Primack, who's one of my um, my mentors, uh, and it in doing the practices at the workshops, I, I really got the understanding that like oh. All of these principles of healing with food and herbs, um, you know, come from Chinese medicine. This is why I've had a passion for all of this stuff all my life. This is like what I'm here for, and uh, that really catalyzed a lot for me. And then the concept of uh, the tonic herbs, you know, using ginseng and reishi, those were the top two that that Jeff was into back in the day. Um, and I started taking reishi shortly thereafter. At this point, I've been taking it for like 15 years. Um, and um, pretty much daily for the past 10 or 12. And um, shortly thereafter, it was actually 10 years ago, that I uh, moved to California and uh, got to study with Ron Teagarden. And uh, Ron was the one who really um, opened my mind and so many people to the concept of tonic herbs. I mean, he's really the godfather of tonic herbalism in uh, in the country and um, really put it on the map and helped us to grasp a better understanding that really tonic herbs are superfoods. Yeah. You know, with this whole superfood movement, people getting into uh, uh, super nutrient density and, and the powers <clears throat> of the herbs, uh, that really opened up the whole new realm. And the concept that in Chinese medicine, the, these superior herbs are considered like the fifth food group, mm-hmm. and we should eat them as much as we can. Uh, that really, really demystified a lot of herbalism for me because before I looked at um, herbs and all of these different herbs and all these different benefits and just, you know, it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around because there's so many different kinds. They it's all a, have different it's a ton. properties. Yeah, it's a ton. It, yep. And different balance. And when I got the concept from, from Ron Garden that in China they break them down into three primary categories. You have your superior herbs that are like um, the fifth food group, your goji berries, your ginseng, your green tea, mm-hmm. uh, shizandra. Um, eat these as much as you can. Uh, these are herbs that really support the life. The tonic herbs tonify the body. They tune the body like an instrument. Mm-hmm. So when your body is better attuned, it functions at a higher level. Even if you stop taking a tonic. Yep. So you're better for having taken them. So the benefits are really cumulative because you're tuning your tuning your body, your organs, your systems, mm-hmm. your chakras, and then you'll function better whether you have them tomorrow or, or miss a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other steps, uh, the other uh, herbs in this area 
um, in these three categories would be your primary herbs, which are kind of like your go-to. These are, oh, say you have a little, uh, you get a cold coming on and you want to boost the immune system, uh, you take something like echinacea. These primary herbs, they have limited side effects. You take them for a season, you're fine, but they're not something you take every day. Right. And then your secondary herbs, things like um, golden seal. Mm-hmm. Golden steel, really potent herb. Uh, you only take it for a short period of time. It's very powerful at what it does, at helping to clear infections and clear the liver, etc. However, um, there may be side effects, and you don't take it for a long period of time. Right. And then back, of course, to the, the superior herbs. Eat these as much as you can. They're safe for every day in life. And when you can wrap your head around those three primary categories of herbs then it demystifies uh, herbalism um, for most people. And in fact, when you can look at it that way, in which category do these fit in, then you can see how can I be using this. Mm -hmm. Well, it gives a framework that I think is really helpful because herbalism is, like you said, it's just a huge – that was the hardest Mm -hmm. part in Chinese medicine school when I was in there. I I remember thinking, God, there's so many actions and functions and they don't – they definitely break them into categories, but there's not that clear distinction of those three things. And I think that's a really right. way to, it's a broad stroke to simplify things. And when you, just for people that don't know um, what Thomas is talking about, Ron Teagarden, uh, owner of Dragon Herbs, I mean, he's got, he is pretty much the go-to guy in, I, I mean, probably in the world for um, these kind of herbs. I mean, he's the, he is the guy like every, everyone that I know that yeah. is in the Chinese medicine field knows who he is. And if people are into tonic herbalism, they're going to Ron, like <laughs> they're going totally. through his company. So he's amazing. Um, big shout out to Ron for that. But, um, when you started working with Ron, how, how long ago, when you say you studied with him, were you going to workshop seminars? Were you working within his organization? Mm-hmm. What was that looking like? Yeah. I got to go to um, his. Actually, it was his first workshop he taught in like 20 years. This was a, or 15, a very long time. I'm not sure the exact timing. Yep. And it was just totally serendipitous. I was uh, uh, going into his Dragon Herb Santa Monica location um, for some pick up some of his Heaven Mountain goji berries because they're the best on the planet. They're amazing. And I see a <laughs> sign up there that says Ron Teagarden's first training um, and this weekend. And so it was like Friday. I called up my uh, my manager at work, and I'm like, uh, "Well, I'm calling in. Well, uh, well, I can't make it this weekend. So, um, <laughs> can you guys cover for me?" Yeah. And so, miracle made it happen, and um, got to just really get the the deep download with him in that workshop, and that catalyzed a whole new shift for me. Um, and then got to actually start my first uh, tonic elixir bar um, sh- very shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. In 2009, Maddie's Market. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And just out of curiosity, what's, I mean, I've, I've seen Ron in videos and I have uh, know people mm-hmm. who have talked to him, but what's he like? What's Ron like when you... He's a character, man. He is like, he's, he's <laughs> such a, um, he's a, he's a good guy in a great big heart. Uh, he's got this like gruff voice because apparently he had some um, uh, issues with his, his vocal cords, I think, early on in his life, and that led him towards the healing path of trying to correct it. Mm-hmm. But he's a fantastic storyteller. He's really great at getting into um, these details and traditions and telling the stories in a way that, um, that with, with good humor and, and good vibes. And I, I've since gotten to, to hear many of his talks and spent some time with him, and uh, he's a really great uh, 
uh, great guy, and I, I really appreciate uh, having worked with him. In fact, now um, one of his students who um, worked with him and helped him start the original, the first tonic bar uh, was a Dragon Herbs in Erwan uh, Market uh, mm -hmm. here in L.A., uh -huh. and uh, I don't remember what year this started. This was before I got to L.A., um, shortly before, um, probably... I'd say at least 15, 20 years ago. It's probably around the 15 range, I think. And um, it was a guy named, two guys basically named, one guy, Truth Calkins. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a buddy of mine as well. And uh, Romania Dean Thomas. And uh, Romania actually and, and Ron worked together. And, and Romania got to mentor with him for like five, ten years working at his locations. He actually started his own product line, uh, with Ron's blessing thereafter, because uh, Romani is he's a good old boy from Kentucky, and he's just a huge heart. Yeah. Um, he's he's a uh, a polymath. I mean, he's written ten books. Wow. Uh, everything like Taoist herbalism to his latest is like an epic about the uh, future tale of like what would happen in the planet if we continue down the path that we're going. Yeah. Uh, it's basically channeled uh, information and inspiration about like tonic herbs. And, I mean, he plays jazz drums like you wouldn't believe, um, bluegrass guitar, j um, uh, jazz guitar as well. I mean, great guy. And he actually lives now here in Ojai, where I live. And um, he was instrumental in helping us to start our herbal apothecary here in Ojai, mm -hmm. where um, Taka, who's the owner there, is uh, one of my best friends. She and I were, like, instant family and started the herbal apothecary and got to collaborate with Romania when he was still in Kentucky and uh, he was really instrumental at sourcing and everything and now he's at the shop as one of our um, herbalists on staff doing pulse diagnosis and putting together tonic herbal formulas the old-fashioned way like the barefoot herbalist way right putting together by hand on the spot and, right? Uh, and then he has all of his beautiful products for sale there as well <laughs> so um, he's he's also been a great mentor and and really uh, instrumental in this uh, in embrace the full embrace of um, tonic herbalism and I get to hear um, and in fact last time well I pretty much go to every talk Romania and uh, and Tea Garden do yeah. at this point <laughs> and so um, I've got some I've got a bunch of great uh, footage and videos of their talks um, recently oh, and awesome. actually planning planning some new. Um, interviews with Ron uh, coming up within the next couple weeks um, and in preparation of the Ojai Herbal Symposium there were this is the second annual we're going to be hosting here in Ojai mm -hmm. and we've got some great speakers um, there's a uh, Ron Teagarden is going to be speaking on the concept of Jing there is um, other talks on Qi and on Shen and then uh, David Crow who's a great uh, acupuncturist started the um, essential oil and herbal company, Floracopia. Floracopia. Yeah, he, they're in yeah. Nevada City, right? Is that... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah, he's also going to be speaking uh, this Saturday. I'm going to an herb walk with him and a local herbalist uh, who does walks around and to forage here named um, Lanny Coffer and going to interview um, David Crow as well. And I'm um, looking forward to dropping in with him. I'm a big fan of his work, too. So yeah. it's been uh, lots of really cool stuff coming, lots of uh, herbal activations happening. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we are going to be offering um, CEUs for acupuncturists. 
at oh, uh, the cool. Urban Symposium. It, I went last year and it was phenomenal. Uh, great talks on like the terpenes of cannabis and uh, there's going to be some other talks about that this time. Also going to be talking about turmeric and ginger, some big like big name uh, PhDs in the botanical world are going to be doing um, some amazing talks, some MDs, acupuncturists, nurses, um, pharmacologists. It's, uh, it's quite an amazing event, and I'll actually be teaching a Three Treasures Qigong class um, um, both the Saturday and Sunday mornings, too, to help everyone integrate the concepts of yeah. Three Treasures, Jing, Qi, and Shen. It's amazing, man. You've got some, and you've got so nice to be bumping elbows with some of these guys because they're the powerhouses in this field. You know that are that are essentially bringing the medicinal powers of plants to the foreground. You know, to right into the face of people because I think that's where that's what's so nice about this and what I've seen. Uh, and I know you have too, right? People start dialoguing with tonic herbs and adaptogens, and they start playing with these, and pretty quickly people have very real experience very quickly. And they start to see the efficacy of why these plants should be in our lives and why we should be dialoguing with them consistently because the, you know, like as you, as you know, and the side effects are so minimal, if any, rarely, like do people have problems with them? And I think it's just, it's so good, man, that you're doing this work. Like you're going to get to like bump elbows with these guys so consistently and the interviews are going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to those. Where are those going to be? Uh, are you doing those online or like where will the interviews be living? Uh, that's a great question. I'm, um, you know, going this play by play with uh, doing this play by play with Lanny, uh, who is the the founder and um, the man behind the Herbal Symposium, and uh, we are probably going to be doing some clips on the website. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get you that site in a second, and then also um, going to be doing some some short clips of those up on social media as promotion, and so. With those, we'll also show where you can find the full interviews and uh, and videos. I'll also likely be posting those on my website, uh, which is herbaltom.com. Uh, either way you spell that, you'll find me. I'm <laughs> herbaltom on all the socials, um, yep. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Venmo, yeah. herbal, T-H-O-M. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, sp I spell it uh, with a T-H, but uh, own both domains and uh, – real estate as much as possible so yeah smart very smart well so when we're talking about um there's a lot of different directions we can go but i, I want to like go back a little bit to the first one of the first things you said which was that ron is a fantastic storyteller you said ron's Ooh. like very good at that and that's a consistent thread i feel like um that like the teachers that really leave amazing marks they usually tell stories really well uh it's very like true in a lot of oral traditions chinese medicine has it but you know ron I've seen clips of him tell stories and I've had the stories that he has told during seminars be relayed to me through Kai or from someone mm -hmm. who was listening yeah. to the story. And I'm like, damn, this, the story secondhand leaves a mark. So I can only imagine when, you know, the man himself is, is talking about these things. And do you know who Heiner Fruhoff is? Uh, he's a real prominent, mm -hmm. he's a, he's an herbalist, but he's a real prom. He owns a school in, um, in Oregon, and it's a classical Chinese medicine school. He's very well known. He's a scholar and a sinologist. He knows, he speaks fluent German, fluent Chinese. The guy's a wizard. But wow. he shares the same thread and same trait, right? Where he tells a story, um, you know, he came to our school, 
I was two years into acupuncture school and he told one story about the hottest herb, futsa, which is like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mushroom, but it's aconite can be toxic and all these things. And he said, yeah, it's only toxic if it's grown the wrong way. And he, he told this really elegant story one time. The story took about seven minutes. And I thought, I mean, to this day, that story has stayed with me and reframed how I understand that herb in particular. And I feel like that's a big piece of of this is that, you know, transmitting this information is, yeah, the story, the story about the mm. herbs, because these stories have, they have weight, they have personalities, they have, uh, in a sense, behaviors, you know, that's the way I always try to yeah. tell people, it's like they do something for us in the ecosystem, and then in our bodies, they do, uh, you know, commensurate and parallel functions that seem to support us. So mm-hmm. when you're working with clients, Tom, and you are introducing people that are completely green um, to to this scene and they don't know anything about tonics, they don't know anything about adaptogens. What do you sort of do for people like that? Do you begin with education or do you begin with storytelling or do you get them just herbs into them and let the, you know, let them do it? Like how do you approach mm. getting people exposed to this if they're interested but they don't know anything about it? Mm. Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, I actually do a bit of all of it. Education mm-hmm. is at the core of what I do. Um, I consider myself like a health educator uh, first, and that's a lot of the work that I do with the companies I work with. I work with a handful of uh, superfood, nutrition, and herbal companies that I handpick because mm-hmm. uh, I'm really particular about what I uh, what I take uh, just as much as what I share. Mm-hmm. And so it all begins with education for me. Um, so. In that education, I'm telling stories. I like people to have the experience themselves, too. So that's why um, often, as, as soon as possible, I'm getting a tonic in somebody's hand. Because uh, some, some of the work I've been doing for a while, I do pop-up elixir bars um, at special events. Like, we've met at uh, Kai's events yep. over the years. Yep. Um, I also help develop elixir bars for restaurants and um, even nightclubs. Uh, I've done pop-up night, uh, like elixir bar is um, right on the bar on one side of the bar where yeah. they're serving the alcohol you can come to me for a luscious latte to nourish your body so you can party yeah. and um, basically it's it's powerful a lot of the times that first introduction for people is they see a menu they're like oh, okay I'll have this uh, this jingtastic here and <laughs> yeah. then they get um, they get it. they're like wow and come back to me later. I feel so good. I don't know what was in that drink, but that was amazing. And I hear that time and time again. And then they're interested in more. You know, when I'm working with clients, like you said, I'm I'm doing a bit of that storytelling, um, sharing the information about the herbs, and helping to demystify a lot of the confusion that's out there. You know, yep. pretty much anybody who comes near me is hearing about reishi. Yeah. Um, that's usually the first place I guide people, especially if they're timid. Um, I prefer to feed more birds with one seed mm-hmm. than give somebody a one show pony, you right. know? And, um, so something like reishi with such broad spectrum benefits covers all your bases. That's why that's the one herb I take every day, no matter what, and have for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you mind real quick, would you mind going into Reishi sure. just for a minute? Just like You can always Absolutely. keep going yeah. and backtrack to it. But no problem. I know there's a lot of people who are listening who are like, what's Reishi? Like, what, how does it work? You yeah. know, what's it do? They, I'm sure they'd love to know. 
Sure. Reishi is considered the uh, mushroom of immortality in Eastern medicine, um, the mushroom of spiritual immortality. It is gets this reputation because it has so many benefits. It's broad-spectrum immune support in that it is antibacterial, thus antibiotic, antiviral, uh, really great um, for anything from herpes to HIV, um, and anti-candida, it's antifungal. Even though it is a fungus, yeah. it's a mushroom, it has um, properties that make it antifungal as well because these medicinal mushrooms, um, we share over 70% of our DNA with mushrooms. That's crazy. More than we do with plants. And oh. there's actually a whole kingdom that's created now um, in recent years where they found that our root ancestor was not closer to plants in the evolutionary spectrum, but we're actually share a kingdom with fungi. Mm. And that branched off from plants even uh, millennia prior. So we have more in common with, with fungi than we do with, um, with plants. So there's, there's an crazy. affinity in our bodies, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, really... Um, fascinating and you know these these mushrooms people hear about magical mushrooms you know i don't it it's it never uh ceases you know as long as i mention mushrooms people <laughs> sure. magical mushrooms of i'm course. like no medicinal right but the properties of some of these like the reishi are pretty magical yeah. i mean the reishi back to the properties helps to balance blood sugar cholesterol, cardiovascular health, liver and kidney function. It's a tremendous tonic, mm-hmm. probably one of the most superior tonics, safe for all ages. Um, I've heard great stories of reishi babies. I've witnessed it myself, babies that have been on reishi uh, since they were within their mother's womb and get reishi through their childhood. And they're just vibrant in their health and radiance Um Reishi also helps to uh, elevate the, the consciousness. It's a shen tonic. Mm-hmm. So it calms and stabilizes the mind, but also lifts the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a tremendous adaptogen. It helps to balance cortisol, the stress hormone. And it's remarkable at its uh, efficacy at that. So you could do something like a reishi tincture and do like a few droppers of a high-quality one like dragon herbs. Um, or Jinger is another favorite company of mine, and feel the results within minutes. Yeah, uh, tinctures are a tremendous delivery system because they they absorb through the mucosa before they hit the stomach. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm going to dispel something right now. Whoever said alcohol tinctures under the tongue is a frigging masochist. Uh, alcohol <laughs> extracts don't have to be under the tongue. Uh, for them to absorb. They just have to be in the mouth. Yeah. So I prefer to tell people, everyone, put them on the tongue. Yeah. The flavor activates function. When we taste it, it activates the bitter receptors on our tongue and tells the body to get to work. So the liver jumps into action and function begins immediately to, to help support metabolism of these compounds. And it'll absorb through the mucosa into the bloodstream before the mouth. It doesn't have to burn under the tongue so that's good uh, when on the other hand you know glycerin extracts um oil based extracts like cbd oils those kind of have to be under the tongue to try and enhance the absorption Mm -hmm. but alcohol does not yeah and uh which 
it gets right in there. That's the key. And, and this is one of the things that like Ron Teagarden teaches uh, everyone. And this is rule number one of tonic herbalism is compliance. <laughs> compliance, yeah. you got to take if them. Don't take your herbs. They don't they work. Don't work for yeah. you. Yeah. I love that so when I've that heard that. Means, <laughs> yeah. If that means taking a capsule, here's a capsule. If that means taking a tincture, here's a tincture. If that means taking a gummy, they come, right. a lot of companies do gummies these right. days. I prefer to get mine in a powder because most everything goes in my tonic every morning. Yeah. And that's like the breakfast of immortals. You know, it's, it's yeah. like you put all your super nutrition in there first. First thing on the morning on an empty stomach after your tall glass of warm water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the very next thing when your body's an open slate, it's ready to receive these super nutrients. And that'll make you feel like a rock star. The longer yeah. you do that, the more vital and um, alive you can feel. Yeah, they're they're they are powerful, and um, they're you know with I think that's the thing that people it, it does come down to the education and it comes down to exposure because people a lot of times they say well I I do all these I drink coffee because I that's how I get my energy in the morning, and you know that's the thing I've, I've always said with adaptogens and you know too where it's. Um, the benefit of getting these things that uplift and regulate organ systems and that will, you know, help the heart, help the blood. There's so many different things that are happening that just a cup of coffee or a cup of caffeine will not do, right? There's there's a right. there's a big exactly. there's a big spectrum of benefit that gets outside of just the buzzy stimulation. You know, I taught right. um last week I taught this of course it was on um adaptogens and it was just exposing people to a series of adaptogens and the, the theory and a lot of the philosophy. And I remember that was, that was kind of one of the, the points I was drilling home was like, you know, coffee and just relying on stimulants is sort of what the culture does, right? We drink Red Bull. And I think people have, people have equated that very edgy, um, fast, buzzy like experience inside the body as energy, even though, right. there's a, even though there's a crash, even though there's addiction, even though it'll just wipe out some other things, People are like, I think it's just it's so foreign that you could take something that's going to bolster the system, that's right. that's going to be replenishing hormonal reserves and not robbing yeah. you of them. That's the thing, and and you hit the nail right on the head. This is a symptom of our culture. You know, we're quite fond of our caffeine, yeah. uh, in particular coffee, as the American pastime, and people tend to associate this with energy. And as you and I both know, this is actually pulling from your energy credit card. Yep. It's not actually giving you real energy. It's it's stealing from your reserves because it's depleting the jing, which is your adrenals function, and it's um, depleting in the long run. Because what happens when we drink coffee, the oxidative stress is actually, um, and, and the toxicity of the coffee is putting, triggering the body's fight or flight response. So it spikes yep. the adrenals. We get a burst of adrenaline. We feel like a rock star. We're feeling awesome. And then when we're out of adrenaline, we crash and we're running on cortisol, the stress hormone. We're edgy, cranky, blood sugar imbalance, yep. leading to belly fat. And then um, we lay down at night and we toss and turn. Our mind is still racing because we're running edgy on cortisol. So we don't get a full five hours on the pillow without tossing and turning to replenish the adrenals. Mm-hmm. So what happens the next morning? Coffee first thing on an empty yep. stomach yep. Which spikes the acidity in the blood. The body, the blood has. To, excuse me. The uh, yeah, the blood has to be alkalized on the right number 
So it pulls alkaline minerals from the bones to alkalize the blood so it doesn't fluctuate too much, which, you know, the hyperacidity is often leading to osteoporosis and osteopenia in our society, mm -hmm. largely from these acidic lifestyles and um, sodas. Yep. Now, um, on the other hand, something like reishi tones the adrenals, reduces the cortisol, balances the blood sugar, is anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and supports kidney and liver function while calming the spirit. Yeah. Completely opposite of how coffee works. Oxidative, yep. inflammatory, uh, acidic, and all these other issues. Now, I'm not saying never have coffee. Of course, right. But do it wisely, mm -hmm. uh, like Italians do. They don't do first... Like, on coffee like that first thing in the morning on an empty stomach they'll have an espresso after a meal right. so your stomach is full then the acidity of the coffee actually can help to support uh, the acids right. there's even a whole multi-level company out there you guys have probably heard doing like um, coffee now the mushroom coffee is very popular it's hitting our tonic scene because this yep. gives people a way of having their coffee and drinking it too yes you know so there's, there's ways of balancing these things. Now, I'm not a coffee drinker. I drink matcha. Um, lately, I'm on a matcha kick again. Before, it was guayusa. I kind of alternate between these because I really am fond of the theanine that's found in both of those. Mm -hmm. uh, the theanine helps to calm uh, the cortisol, focus the mind, uh, helps really great for those with ADD. Um, I was actually diagnosed with ADD in middle school uh, or in elementary I Mm. And my dad never let me go on the meds. He said, you got a brilliant mind, son. Learn to use it. And um, I found through diet and the right nutrition, omegas, antioxidants, um, and meditation, including mm. qigong, yoga, huge tools. And then when I found uh, green tea, um, I would drink strong green tea when I was going to college, like strong and bitter. <laughs> I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed first thing in the morning um, for my 9 a.m. classes. And uh, I, it wasn't until later that I got into matcha and tonic herbs, and I got to understand really why the green tea and the matcha work so well to help um, with that mental clarity and focus. And so yeah. um, it's huge. There, there are healthy alternatives. There's ways of doing it. In fact, I found... Personally, like one of the big factors for me with coffee is the acidity. Uh, it throws off my pH and I, I get really uh, acidic and start to get like kind of immune issues, like cold sore outbreaks and stuff like that. Yep. And, and it's um, just not worth it. So on the other hand, I'm finding that the right quality coffee in cold brew mm -hmm. is actually okay on occasion. And I still add my tonics to it. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare that I do coffee, but when I do, it's cold brew, super clean, organic with tonic herbs yeah. and to balance it back, you know? Right. And, and I think that's, so, the, that's the game that I think um, I, I appreciate about how you have, when I've heard you educate and just, you know, in, in conversations, like the way you talk about tonics, the way you use them, um, you make it accessible and you make it as a part of life that you can add to and not just remove because I think that's where people hit and they hit an aversion. They're like, I love coffee. You're telling me to stop it. And it's like, well, no, if you don't want to stop right. it, at least add and include these things to mitigate the negative effects that come with coffee, right? So 
I think that's a really beautiful piece that, um, you know, Kai educates that way, you educate that way. And I think that has weight and part of what gives it traction for people in general. And then I would love to hear, you know, with, um, with the tonics like the, that you've made, I've had some of your tonics, like when I've, when I've seen you in person, um, I've had some of Kai's tonics when he's made them and they're collectively delicious. I mean, that's the, the takeaway that I think for me as a foodie too, and it's a huge benefit yeah. and a huge pulling factor. It has tremendous weight that it tastes good, that it's not just, you know, just yes. a, just a, you know, a bowl of shit that tastes terrible. It's like, this is actually right. like, shaking it down. Cause it's good for you. Right. Right. It's not just eating bitter, <laughs> right? Like you're actually like, this is really good. Like why, <laughs> why drink coffee when you can drink something equally as tasty? So my, I guess my question around that is, you know, the, the, this whole, trend of making the drinks taste good, which I think is great for healthy food too, but making it taste good, you know, is that happening in like Ron Teagarden's tonic herbalism bar, like his elixir bars? Is that thing happening there too? Or has that sort of been an offshoot as you guys have gone on and been like, you know, we should, we could make these tastier. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, it is. That's a great observation. A great question. Uh, in fact, it is uh, kind of the offshoot. Because uh, Tea Garden, um, phenomenal products. They're making theirs in at their elixir bar because they have two elixir bars now. Beautiful um, one in in like Hollywood and the Roberts and like I think it's like Beverly Hills area. Yep. Uh, it, it's like half a million dollar tonic bar. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. They're doing things uh, with really like high tech extraction and steaming, and it comes out like a traditional tonic. Wow. These tonic herbs naturally taste pretty good on their own but um they they they're not blending it into like a starbucks caliber latte right you know they're doing a more traditional way that um really lets the herbs shine and mm -hmm. they'll sweeten with monk fruit and they've learned some things from from our style yeah. but they're still also holding that traditional approach yeah um whereas a lot of us you know we get into the mixology and the flair of incorporating yeah. world herbalism and like yeah. and um you know, really integrating like the full concept of of, of herbs from all across the planet mm -hmm. and thus making it delicious um you know better than starbucks better than yeah. something you could find there and you feel awesome in the morning oh yeah you know? no f fully because i mean when kai and i lived together we lived together for three years i think and you know i used to call him kai latte like you know like chai latte because he'd make these beverages <laughs> mm -hmm. where i'm like i'm like bro what is this and i felt amazing after i drank it you know so that was kind of my foyer yes. into this stuff of these tonic healthy things that can be incredibly tasty and good for you. So that's amazing. Um, you know, Tom, when you're going through this, right, you were saying like, you know, Reishi is like one of the top ones you go to for people that are listening that are say new to the scene and new to adaptogens, new to tonics, what are sort of the go-to herbs? You know, if you were to, you know, you had an elevator speech of 30 seconds and you were just going to toss like some herbs for people mm -hmm. to get involved with for beginners, newbies who are, coming onto the scene, what are the, I guess, go-to, you know, tonics that you would suggest or that you would encourage mm. people to explore? Yeah, uh, I would, I would focus on the easier to find ones and the ones that, um, they're really supportive, uh, for pretty much anybody. Uh, number one would be reishi. 
I would say uh, pretty much anybody who gets near me um, learns about Reishi, and uh, I try and get him on it. You know, um, got my dad on it, and he was really sketchy about herbs, but he went and uh, bounced it off uh, his one doctor after another, and finally <laughs> got to the point. Well, oh, okay, I can I can do this. It's not going to counteract with anything. You know, for the, with that said, Reishi. Uh, so I've spoken uh, at length with uh, doctors of pharmacology. Reishi has no known side effects. Uh, no, rather, no known counteractions with uh, with pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the only real side effects that one finds sometimes from reishi is dry mouth, and that's in a high excess. Like yeah. for somebody who's really taking a lot of reishi. Um, now, it, the, the interesting thing is it it can make some of your pharmaceuticals work better. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a natural vasodilator. If you're on blood thinners, you may need less blood thinners, and that's a good thing. Right. Because the reishi doesn't have the side effects, <clears throat> it's side benefits. Yeah. That's the key with tonic herbs. Mm -hmm. It's really the side benefits, um, not the side effects. Uh, another one I'd say for people to make it really easy and accessible, green tea is the most popular tonic herb in the world. Yeah, many would also think. Well, I might have thought uh, ginseng because you can find it in gas stations, but you can find green tea everywhere. Yeah. and green tea is a tremendous shen tonic. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, great chi tonic too. Obviously, supports the metabolism. So I think matcha is probably my favorite way of doing green tea these days. Yeah, um, matcha is essentially a um, a green tea from Japan. Was originally came from China, but the Japanese really made it into an art. Uh, matcha basically means powder, uh, but the key is rather than just getting any questionable cheap green tea powder, like you can find big old bags of it at Sprouts now for thirty bucks. Yeah, but that's really essentially just an old leaf green tea powder, um, which this will be fine to bake with and put in the tonics. But if you want something that's like you've had like at a Japanese tea ceremony, the ceremonial grade matcha is really the way to go and um, that stuff is phenomenal it'll cost you more but it's worth every penny because matcha true matcha uh, has harvested the ceremonial grade within the first three weeks uh, in the springtime wow. these are the youngest most tender um, leaves that are um, gr uh, processed properly to maintain their natural vibrance and color and then um, finely stone ground and so the matcha actually has 10 times the antioxidants and healing benefits of regular green tea because these are super concentrated little baby leaves that have much more nutrient density and compounds to them than the bigger, older, bitter, dilute leaves. So green tea, excellent, but matcha is far superior and is naturally, uh, on, on average, matcha has about half the caffeine of coffee. Uh-huh. But it gives you five to six hours of clean energy without the crash because it's balanced with that cortisol, uh, excuse me, with the um, theanine that balances the cortisol. <coughs> and so it helps with uh, mental clarity and focus. Um, another tonic herb that makes it really simple and accessible for people is um, goji berries. Yeah. Goji berries are phenomenal. Great gin tonic. So um, what we have here with those three incorporating is three treasures, right? We have our gin to support our juices, our, our body's genetics. Those are easy to like just eat out of the bag, especially if you're getting them uh, from dragon herbs. 
Um, they're moist and juicy and supple and phenomenal, um, snackable grade. But uh, even, you know, most of the goji berries that are sold in this country would be considered pig fodder in China, Um, even the organic ones. But you want to get a high quality. um, Find them a a little more on the moist side rather than the dry and crispy side. And mix them into your oatmeal. Add a few little handful into your green tea. It infuses, has a beautiful goji taste, and then you eat the, the berries when you're done. Uh, you can find them sometimes in farmer's markets, though they don't necessarily have the full adaptogenic properties unless they've been through hell. Um, so <clears throat> that's one of the things with tonic herbs. Why they, the, the, basically, the wild herbs would be more superior because the more hell they have to go through, the more adaptogenic compounds they produce. Yes. And so the extreme temperatures, cold nights, hot days, getting trampled by a bear, um, yeah. you know, uh, attacked by ants, they have to build these compounds to keep themselves safe and protected. Right. So those are, I'd say, would be the, the top three most easy accessible Chinese herbs to, um, uh, uh, we could say, Taoist herbs to, yeah. to support um, people to get into. Maybe green tea through the matcha, um, reishi, and goji berries. No, those are those are beautiful. Those are excellent suggestions. I love all of those, and um, and like you said, you know they're easy to access, and I think that's the that's the big thing. I think for mm-hmm. people getting started is something to consider. You know, finding the easy access. Yeah. What's the thing that's going to be the low-hanging fruit that's not going to be uh, an obstacle to get? Because I know sometimes as as you get deeper into anything, it gets a little more complex of the the nuances of what these things do and what you can grab. So um, I had a quick question, though. You know, you mentioned the green tea piece, and Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites is Jaugulan, you know, the gynostema. And I love love that green tea. And and what I've heard is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, it's a green tea essentially mm-hmm. without the caffeine. So, and it has this profile that behaves like green tea, but also has these other, this other you know amazing profile mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what's yeah? What's yeah. your what's your understanding of Jaugulan and like what you know about it? Yeah, it, that is actually one of my favorite herbs, and I, I did it did cross my mind. Actually, we might have caught that thought at the same time <laughs> in this process, but I. It's not one of the go-to herbs that I, I mention in yeah. this case because it's, it's a little more obscure. Yep. And I'm yes. a huge fan. And, you know, oftentimes I'll do my super tonic in the morning and I'll have uh, Jagulan as a base. Mm. Um, many times, like, I'll do something like matcha or uh, guayusa in there as my base. And then so I have my super turbo tonic in the morning. And if I want something in the afternoon as a pick-me-up, it's just pure gynostema in water. No sweetener, yeah. no nothing. Uh, I like it strong because the more of the sweetness comes out, when you have a high-quality gynostema, um, they're dark, um, kind of like uh, balled-up leaves yeah. and not a lot of stem. And that's the kind you want to see, the dark leaves, kind of nice smell to it. You add a nice little like small handful of those into some water, and you'll get a couple brews and a really nice taste to it. And it's a true adaptogen. Yeah. It, it is bidirectional, meaning it'll lift you up when you're feeling low. It'll calm you when you're overactive. So you can have it in the morning as a pick-me-up or at night before bed as a restorative tonic. And um, there's no caffeine. It's actually not in the tea family. So it's not related to Camellia uh, sinensis, um, 
the uh, the green tea family. It's in the cucumber family. Uh, really? Semipentaphyllum. Yeah. Yeah. It is pentaphyllum because it has five, five. leaves. Yeah. Uh, they call it southern ginseng uh, because it is a creeping vine um, that runs along the ground and climbs trees um, like cucumbers in uh, in southern China and northern Thailand. Um, there's actually tremendous quality uh, jagulan coming from, from northern China, um, Thailand these days. Um, it's a really excellent taste, and uh, you can find organic there a little easier, too. Um, there's a company who's marketing for a while called Immortality. Yeah. Uh, they're really quite good. That's where I get mine, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my go-to. Yeah. They're, uh, I've been going to them for years, and I love their just what you described, yeah. the little rolled up leaves, you know, when they're super. And it, I think that's the that was the thing. I think the first time I ever had gynostemma pentaphyllum was I was in Thailand, like back in 2008, 2009. And I remember mm. having it for the first time while I was training. I was there for martial arts and, and Chinese medicine. So we were doing like body work, uh, doing Thai massage and training yeah. various Chinese martial arts stuff. But I remember drinking it and on the days that I drank it. I mean, there was a stark, very clear line of the difference between the days I took it and the days I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was training, you know, few, you know, five, six hours a day. And I remember thinking that made all the difference, you know, drinking that. Um, and that oh, was, yeah. that was my first exposure, I think, to an adaptogen that was legitimately got my feelers open where I thought, Hey, <laughs> maybe there's, maybe there's something to this because it worked and it yeah. tasted so good. It was so sweet. I, I couldn't believe how right. how tasty of a of a beverage it was, you know, by itself. Like you said, not no honey. I thought yeah. I thought, what is this? Like why is this so good and so effective? You know, it really it yeah. really opened my eyes for sure. It's amazing. Um similarly I had a, a an experience like that probably around the same era. Uh it was my first time in Chinatown in um I think something this was two thousand seven now that I'm thinking about because I was out there in Chinatown with Jeff. Primac, and we just completed a, uh, a four-day Qigong event at UC Berkeley, and um, went walking, hanging out through Chinatown, and I walk into this little tea shop, and, and I asked the guy, I'm like, um, I was like, what are you serving for tea? And um, he said this, and he poured just some gynostemma, it was the same quality we're talking about it in a cup. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I bought a package <laughs> immediately and then it took me a minute before I could find quality like that again, actually, because it was a while when I ran out of this. I, I'd gotten some from uh, a Chinese herbal shop in L.A., and these guys, it took me a while to like have them translate and try and figure it out, and we finally did. They pulled out a bale from the back. I'm like, all right, give me two ounces, put it in a brown bag. I got it home poured it out to make some tea and it was twigs and brown and looked like hay. And I'm like, this is uh, that was like not very good. I'm like, uh, that immediately put that in my trunk. I'm like, that's going to be offered to some, for some harvesting (laughs) and some plants. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, then I found the immortality and I've since found some really great other sources. Uh, we carried in bulk at our herbal apothecary, uh, I also sell it through my website and uh, really great quality uh, gynostemma at our fingertips now. It's really great uh, that we have access to these quality herbs. Yeah. And um, the gynostemma is just phenomenal. I mean, it's they call it southern ginseng because it has many of the similar properties that ginseng does. Right. And um, 
it, uh, it actually has more saponins than ginseng has. Uh, so the saponins are what really impart that anti-aging benefit and a lot of those adaptogenic properties. And these saponins work like soap to clean out the body as well. Mm-hmm. So it's tremendous anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, um, and it's uh, cooling because it's in the cucumber family. It's actually cool as a cucumber. Yeah. So um, one of the best ways that uh, my buddy Romania turned me on to doing this is he'll make it in, in like a good old mason jar uh, as a sun tea and then sweeten it with a little bit of honey and stick it in the fridge. And man, that is delicious. Really? It is like, it's like a southern tea with kind of simmer and maybe the sun. It's <laughs> oh man, I got to try that. How long, how long does he steep that when he does that in the fridge, when he puts it... Uh, does the cold brew with the honey? How long does that sit for to make it the tea? Uh, well, he'll, he'll do a sun tea. So they oh, he'll do it in the sun and then, the and, then ch- and then chill it. Got it. In the sun. Yeah, and yeah. right now in in Ojai, you know, our our Ojai summer, it, it's probably about ninety five in the shade. Um, yeah. In the summertime right now, so uh, it'll make a sun tea real quick, and then you just pop it right in the fridge. And what I like to do with Gynostema is I do not use a tea bag. I take that bulk leaf, I drop it right into the bottom of my cup, and then sip around the leaves. You can actually eat the leaves. They are edible, mm-hmm. uh, or you couldn't make tea with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I encourage people to eat your herbs. You know, if you use loose leaf green tea, eat the leaves too. You get more of the benefits. That's one of the reasons that matcha is so good for you, because you're imbibing the leaf, the whole leaf, and all the antioxidants, amino acids, proteins, vitamins, and minerals, and everything included in this whole herb. Whereas if it's in a tea bag, we steep it and we toss the bag, we throw those benefits away. So you never want matcha in a tea bag. Yeah. Um, Now, with the gynostema, loose leaf green tea, you can toss those right in the bottom of a cup, sip around the leaf, and um, French press if you like, you know. But um, I leave the leaves in the bottom. And I'll top it off again with more hot water. So that way it comes out as a nice, strong tea. You get more bang out of your leaf yep. and um, far more benefits. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm, I'm right on the same page with you on that. Uh, Tom, let's talk about segueing a little bit. I want to go into the, the whole discourse and the relationship between Qigong and the use of tonic herbs and essentially like, you know, the foods, quote unquote, that we're taking into our body because, you know, Jeff Primack was, you know, has been pretty instrumental in terms of like the way he delivered that system, which was a high phytochemical food healing uh, base of what you're putting into your body, you know, how your body makes the vital energy, how it makes chi, and then doing breath work and systemized qigong with it. And in Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. obviously, these things are married. You know, they go hand in hand to eat quality yeah. food, take quality herbs, and to do, um, you know, intelligent movement and that has, you know, nourishing Quality capacities practice, that are, yeah. yeah, that are good for the body and good for the tendons. But, um, you know, I think people have an experience oftentimes with Qigong by itself, and it can be amazing. They can have an isolated experience of, of the power of breath. Or they'll have an isolated experience with, you know, an adaptogen like, you know, Jiao Gulan. And then sometimes people will have, they'll be lucky enough, especially if they're entering into this world, where they'll get those two things at the same time, where they get Qigong with, um, you know, tonic herbs. So, you know, what's been your experience over the years in relationship, like, 
how they feed each other, why they're important. Because I think when people are listening to this, mm. if they don't know, like, okay, qigong is good for you, you know, tonic herbs are good, but why should these two things come together? And you know, what's been your experience? Because mm. I've got I've got quite a few, and I know I'm sure you do too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really remarkable actually that when we have the tonic herbs on their own, yes, of course, they still tonify, they attune the body like an instrument, and they activate our three treasures, the jing, the qi, and the shen, essentially our genetics, our life force, and our consciousness. Now, when we do our qigong practice that is also nourishing these three treasures, um, we basically get compounded returns when we're toning our body with the tonic herbs and then also doing the practices. So that go hand in hand. So this is um, really the the best way of maximizing the the practice, and so that you you're really like getting compounded returns by taking in your tonic herbs and doing your practices that go hand in hand. Yeah. So, yeah, they're remarkable together. Yeah, there there is and that. That's where like the real lifestyle benefit comes. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And there's that, um, you know, the hybrid vigor, right, of like bringing the two things together. And there's that synergy that I think, um, I mean, I, I the way I try to relay Chinese medicine when I'm working with clients and when I work with people is I, I'll say that it's like, it's harmonic, right? Like you can, or like a chord in music, right? You can play three separate notes that will make, you know, uh, a chord. And I feel like Qigong, you know, tonic herbalism, you know, a whole foods diet, um, there's lots of different things, you yes. know, there's feng shui, there's all these things we can do. But I think that the more that people get into their head that we're trying to layer these things on top of one another to make a, a complete picture, I think the better. And that's why mm. I think tonic herbs by themselves, I always feel like they can be such a, a game changer for people if they do those, uh, mm-hmm. if they're just exposed to that one thing. But the terrain becomes a lot more interesting and dynamic when they start layering other things like Qigong or or yoga, you know, some kind of mind body practice. Because I also think that's, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, at least for me, and maybe it is for you too, but I mean, the use of the tonic herbs, there is a sensory experience when you take good quality tonic herbs that Mm -hmm. you can feel what's happening, right? Like inflammation goes down. And I almost feel like the physical uh, systems, you know, Qigong, yoga, these are also sort of the areas where you get to test out your body, right? You, you're, if you're, if you're using your body, you're pretty body sensitive. So there's almost a direct feedback mm-hmm. loop that kind of happens. You're like, Oh, this is yeah. different than yesterday. Or I have, you know, I'm standing more upright or I have less pain and I have those kinds of things. So I just think that they, they do feed each other well, but I'm glad that, you know, I appreciate that you've done that, that you like dabbled in both and you've really tried to integrate them and you see oh, the, yeah. and you see the value. I know you do. <laughs> hundred percent, yeah. And, and I love where you incorporated that, that third piece, too, which is an absolute huge part of my passion. And probably a good part, um, a good half of what I do, and that's the food healing science. Yeah. And that's, you know, when, when people tell me, like, herbs don't work, this is like, this is another one. I always smile and chuckle. I'm like, oh, well, did you try the cheapest echinacea you could find and only take one ta- capsule and right. expect it to act like uh, a drug? Or did you get something that's actually a high-quality concentrate and extract because you're worth it and take it consistently um, as directed or maybe even a little more so that you can actually get a full effect? You know, that's the real question. People say they don't believe in herbs. Well, do you believe in food? 
Yeah. You, food help you feel good when you eat it because yeah. herbs are food. And that's the, that's the thing. And so that's why it's a good port half of what I do. And I consider the tonic herbs as part of the food healing protocols um, and an integral part of that. So um, doing these together, it's like uh, what you said there, it, it really creates more of that like harmonic or that harmonic uh, resonance yeah. uh, that increases our cellular resonance, you know. It's like we, we layer our practice with our food and our qigong, you know, and then um, we create more of an inner cellular harmony, uh, which is really where everything can better communicate and vibrate within ourselves because we are vibrational beings. The sound is vibration is the primordial essence of the universe. Absolutely. And so it's um, really important to be attuned. <laughs> to say the least, man. God, to say the least. Well, you know, Tom, with this larger, you know, conversation, we've kind of gone around from, uh, you know, we've talked about you, like your background, tonic herbs, what they can do for people, um, the incorporation of the other lifestyle pieces that come with Chinese medicine, right? Like doing Qigong or finding something like yoga and, and doing this, you know, mm. and um, obviously food healing, right? That this, all these things kind of come together to make a very beautiful picture if we're able to engage them. But, uh, you know, and I, maybe you've come across this, but I've definitely come across this, you know, trying to get people to change their lifestyles can sometimes be some of the most difficult things in the world. Mm. And I would love to hear how you sort of approach that because, um, you know, I have my way and like methods that I've sort of found that are effective, but given that we're in the same field, you know, we're both like in the, mm -hmm. in the, the Chinese medicine education field and doing this kind of thing. Like, how do you, how do you pitch it? You know, how do you get people to wrap their mind mm -hmm. about it to where they buy in and they see value? I mean, everyone wants to feel better, but I would love to hear how you kind of navigate that terrain because people are stubborn, you know, and we all have our spots where we're just like, yeah, no, I don't want to totally. change my lifestyle. Give me a pill. People were really like, I'd rather take a pill than change yeah. my lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So that's a, uh, it's a good one, you know, cause lifestyle is everything. Um, it, it really is like how we, we move through the world and like what makes it really worth it for us, you know, cause we work to live, not live to work. And so when we can actually accept that, like, we're looking to create a better lifestyle. The reason people live up their comfort foods is because it makes them feel good. You know, these emotional responses and these emotional reactions are at the base of everything. Whether people think they're emotional beings or not, the reason they get the lamb red Lamborghini, the reason they, they drink their coffee, or the reason they go for the donut is because they feel good. Right. When we can have a better association with feeling good, with things that are good for us, yeah. then it, it can make a huge shift, which is why I make it a point to just love a huge part of what I am. I'm always sharing with people is healthy is delicious. Yeah. You know, healthy can be delicious. It's all about just being creative. Like tofu or chicken for that matter, if you just cook it, doesn't taste good. No, it's boring. Doesn't. Yeah. I mean, chicken by itself, plain chicken, no salt and whatever. I'm mostly vegetarian. I remember it, it's just, it's not very good on itself. Yeah. <laughs> you need to season or flavor or marinate or all this stuff. So play with your food, have a real experience of like these foods and these herbs and making them tasty. You know, I'll tell 
everybody that one of the easiest ways of making your tonic taste good is a tablespoon of cacao. Yeah. <laughs> you do some a tablespoon of cacao and maybe some like um, some uh, coconut cream in there, and you've got a delicious, luscious like uh, mocha drink and co- uh, cacao chocolate will cover the taste of most any herbs and make anything taste good. And so that's one of the easiest hacks you can do to make your own tonics. Personally, I rarely use cacao in tonics, or if I do, it's it's sparingly because I don't like the way it overpowers the taste of herbs. I choose cacao um, for a reason when I when I choose to imbibe it, and Mm -hmm. it's phenomenal. It's really one of those amazing superfoods, and the the accessibility of cacao, high quality cacao. Um, nowadays is fantastic compared to just imagine a hundred years ago, you know, or like Montezuma would drink tremendous amounts of cacao, but yeah. most of the world had no access. Yep. So we're really blessed to have access to these, these herbs and superfoods from all across the world. Yep. Right here at our fingertips. You know, you can go to your supermarket, Whole Foods or, or a health food store, or you can find it online or at Amazon these days. It's really remarkable. And um, how I help people to find a way to incorporate this in is, like I'm sharing here, making it tasty, yep. for one, and because that's huge. Because people don't care how good it is. Most people don't care how good it is unless, uh, for them unless it tastes good to them. Yeah. So making it taste good is a huge part of it, but also keeping it simple. Like a buddy of mine, David Wolf, um, uh, is, is you know is like the the guru of superfoods. He's guy who probably coined the phrase, or at least put superfoods on the map. And um, he's also a student of Ron T. Garden, and I love his approach and his way of sharing it is just simply add it in. Yeah, he's like just add in. Yep. your superfood, add in your mix. You don't have to um, do anything other than that. By adding in the one thing, the more you add in the good things, the less room there is for the bad. And the better you'll feel, so you'll get an emotional experience from this. And you'll feel better and you'll realize, hey, I don't need to reach for the bag of potato chips because I'm feeling super rich and, and vibrant from my tonic still. Yep. You know? And you can find better balance in, in your life. You know, the more you're adding in the good things, then, yeah, okay, so you do have some, some chips that you, you go for, then you decide to make better choices with those. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go for these coconut chips that are cooked in coconut oil and organic and super high quality. Then we become a uh, qualitarian rather than just a, uh, a, a, a filler. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, I, I love those approaches because they're simple too. They're not um, overly complicated, which I think is sort of the the thing that <clears throat> helps streamline this process. Is if you can keep things keep things simple for people, they're way more apt to engage. And I think that's you know a bottom line in exactly. all of this. <clears throat> I I would be really curious. It, um, say it again. Oh, oh, I said I heard it uh, described told to me once, and and I really really sat with me. If you can't explain it to a ten-year-old, <laughs> right. then it's too complex, or you don't know it well enough. Right. And so um, right. I make it a point to really break things down simply to the common denominator, so that everybody can access it. So, because when, when I teach my classes and workshops, for example, I'll have ninety-year-old women in there, 
And some, and I tell people, bring their kids, because kids love to, to, to pay attention, too. And the 10-year-olds there, like, trying the goji berries and taking notes and, like, really getting excited by it. And, and everybody can feel included. Because, you know, you don't have to blow over everybody's heads and, like, use fancy words that show people how smart you are. Because um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said, man. Very well said. Well... Tom, in kind of wrapping up, you know, we've, we've, like I said, we've kind of gone around in a bunch of, uh, it's a big circle of things that we're, we share common interest in. But if you were to, you know, to um, put everything under this larger umbrella of, you know, health, lifestyle, tonic, herbs, diet, you know, is there a parting message that you'd like to give people that are the, the, kind of like the last, you know, encompassing um, idea to consider if people are embarking upon this terrain, you know, wanting to learn more and just wanting to enter into this world. Because the reason I ask this, I ask this similar question to a lot of my guests when they come on, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have people of my, of the demographic who listen, who are like fully hip to Chinese medicine. And there are people who are just like, what is this that I'm being exposed to? You know? So I always kind of give the invitation to, Chinese like, to me. Yeah. It's like, exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah, what's your, you know, all encompassing kind of close up to this, um, you know, the invitation to people. Right. Like this. Sure. Well, this um, I'm going to bring it back to like um, my, my title I have for myself uh, is, is a quantum nutritionist. So in quantum nutrition, the way I see it is it's, it goes beyond just the food we put into our mouth. How we nourish ourselves is more than just the food we put into the mouth. It's the water we drink, the thoughts we think, and how. What is our mantra? Mantra means mind focus. How are we communicating with ourselves every day? What is our inner dialogue? What is our outer dialogue when we're casting spells with our words, when we spell the words coming out of our mouth, speaking our influence into the universe? What is it we're saying? What is it we're thinking? How are we, what is it we're ingesting from the food, the herbs? Um, Is it something that's going to make us feel awesome or feel bad? Yeah. And really attuning ourselves better to those signals to really maximize into those better practices, those better um, nutrients, those better um, uh, lifestyle changes. Yeah. Because it's really about living a lifestyle that feels good. You know, I don't want to be sick when I die. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ideally, <laughs> right? Yeah, me neither, man. Yeah. So like that's why I'm nourished now, you know. I, I joke that I started my longevity protocol at 27 when I started doing <laughs> yeah. qigong, um, and so um, we can slow down and or stop the aging process because um, it's it's up to us, and it takes those choices every day. Are uh, are we going to choose the the better option? Because we we have all these options before us, you know. Are we going to choose to just go to McDonald's, or are we going to choose to say, hey, you know? I'm going to go to the health food store and pick up the salad bar, right. you know, or I'm going to go and even into like a restaurant. I still love to eat in restaurants yeah. and I'm, I worked in food service for 15 years once upon a time and I know what's in those ingredients. I oh, know yeah. what's in, in those boxes. I've read them uh, that you, you would be shocked at the ingredients in food service yeah. food that they don't put in supermarket food. Yeah. So uh, I make it a point to make the wisest, conscious choices when I eat out and when um, all the rest of the times when I'm at home, I have the best quality because I'm worth it. And yeah. so are you. Yeah. And so it's each person that we work with, you know, and it's really about making that choice for themselves 
that they are worth it and that they are willing to invest in putting the best into themselves so that they can get the best out of themselves. And that's, um, that's what I teach with quantum nutrition. And, um, and I'm passionate about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know, it. man. And it's, uh, I know you are. That's, that's why, you know, that's why I wanted to get you on here. And I really appreciate your time, man, for taking the time and just kind of breaking down how, um, how you interface with this part of the medicine, how you see it, how you experience it. It's really helpful. And if people, Tom, if they want to, you know, follow you on social media or they want to like learn more about you, where can people find you? Sure. Uh, you can check me out on herbaltom.com. Um, uh, I spell it T-H-O-M, and I'm herbal T-H-O-M on all the social sphere, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Venmo um, as well. I also have herbal T-O-M on some, some of those sites as well. But um, either way you find it, uh, you spell it, you should find me. Uh, lots of new and exciting changes coming, too. Getting, I'm building out my new website. It should be launched uh, next month. And uh, we have the Ojai Herbal Symposium. For anybody in the Los Angeles area, um, between L.A. and Santa Barbara, I'm um, regular. Uh, I live right in the middle in, in Ojai. I also do work with clients one-on-one and um, in, with online programs, putting together a uh, Qigong practice group that's going to be with web delivery so we can practice anywhere, anytime, wherever you are, uh, whether you can join us in class or not. Um, and you can find out more information on that through my social sphere and uh, website as that becomes available. I'd encourage everybody, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm open to questions, and uh, I'd love to hear um, your feedback, your, your thoughts, and uh, love to connect with you uh, further. Yeah, and I can vouch Always for... Always a pleasure, right? Yeah, thank you, man. And I can I can vouch for you fully, like, yeah, Tom... Tom knows his shit, basically. So you guys want to reach out to him? He is definitely the guy to talk to. There's plenty. There's plenty in his sphere that he's an expert on. Well, thank you again, man. I really appreciate your time, and I appreciate what you're doing in the field. And just you know, keep fighting the good fight. Keep putting the you know the education out there because I think the more people that hear it and that um, actually have an experience with it, I think it's usually pretty simple. People, that's usually what it comes down to. And I know you're you're pushing in that direction, so I, I appreciate it. So good. Thank you, my brother. You bet, man. Many blessings, though. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks a bunch. Bye.